Okay, this morning we are on Perseverance of the Saints, Part 2. Let me open this up in prayer. Father, perhaps no other doctrine can give us comfort or give us uh, cause for anxiety. We long to know that we are safe and secure. We long to know that um, maybe how we feel this day uh, will keep us until the final day. It's hard for us, Father, as people who are not sovereign, as people who are not eternal, as people who are not omniscient, to understand uh, all of the workings that you have put in place to secure our salvation. And I humbly ask, as your servant and preacher, teacher, Father, will you help me teach what is right and true and not go beyond what is written and not take away from what is written. May we heed your warnings and may we rest secure in the finished, complete, total work of Christ. Ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's been a couple weeks um, since we we did that first section on the perseverance of the saints. And I talk about it being the most difficult because um, it is something we long for. Uh, and, and I often talk about this as a youth pastor all the time. Parents would ask, how do I know my 17-year-old is saved? How do I know my 12-year-old is saved? Um, even this week, there's students that feel they're ready to come to the table. Um, what necessary fruits of salvation should we observe or know um, in order to confirm their salvation? Uh, and it makes logical sense um, in the sense that if we believe that God has uh, predestined and called the people to be His own before creation even existed, and if he is then all-powerful and able to do his holy will, his divine ordinances, the things he has set in place, if he is able to do that, then surely those he predestined will stay and be eternally secure. The rub comes in in the interim. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's just difficult. I... I have encountered many in, uh, in Oklahoma um, who have lived the majority of their lives as unbelievers. And yet at their funeral, someone will say they were baptized on this date. Uh, and yet there's no sign of fruit. There's no sign of belonging to the community. Or I've prayed, they prayed this at this date. Or they walked the aisle on this date. Or they served for a long time. Um, and I always take comfort that when I'm at a funeral, I'm not the one that holds the keys to heaven. It's not, I, I'm not the judge that stands at the door and says, yep, nope. But um, as I said in my prayer, it's important for us to not go beyond what the Scriptures teach, but also to heed the warnings of Scripture. So we talked a couple weeks ago how it sounds like circular reasoning. So if you get to point B, only those who persevere to the end have been truly born again. Now, it makes sense um, that, that a, yeah, absolutely, if God creates a, a new creation, if He gives you a heart of flesh and a place of a heart of stone, um, then, then you will persevere. You are a different person.
person. Um, and, and so um, we, we looked at the different warnings in Hebrews. Hebrews 3, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. Exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. <clears throat> as it is said today, if you hear his voice, <clears throat> harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not all those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would never enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Um, in that text in Hebrews, and, and Hebrews maybe of all the New Testament books, gives us the most warnings about this. And it makes sense that it would show up in Hebrews because it's written to Jewish believers that have been scattered. Jewish believers were prone, as we'll see in Romans today, they were prone to look upon their ethnicity, their ceremonies, their circumcision. Um, they were prone to look on these external things and say, surely we're saved. We're God's people. And so when the writer to Hebrews keeps pointing out the wilderness wanderings and, and says, you know, not all those who crossed through the river were saved. Um, not all those who ate manna were saved. Um, and so these, these warnings about uh, wandering and drifting, uh, we find a lot of them in Hebrews. Um, but also First John. John writes, They went out from us, but they weren't of us. If they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are not of us. So we're now at point C. Those who finally fall away, they give external signs of conversion. Um, and this isn't in your notes, but you might want to write in the, in the margin, Matthew 13, 3 to 9, and then also 18 to 23. Uh, in, in that parable, that's the parable of the sower, and um, it, it, you're probably familiar with it. A sower goes out to sow, and seeds fall on good soil, and on the path, and the birds take some, and then they grow up in rocky soil. And... Um, the, you know, the joke that always gets Jason to laugh is when the, man, the boy said, I've become a Christian, and the dad says, we'll see. But, but it's, it's, it's that that they're applying to. Um, is, is, if conversion takes place, there should be some sign or fruit. Um, the interesting thing is, right after that parable of the sower comes the parable of the weeds. I mean, right following it, verse 24 to 30, the parable of the weeds and uh, or the wheat and the tares, as some talk about it, um, which is an interesting parable. Um, there's good seed sown, and then there's tares sown. And the angels and the workers say, hey, let's pull all the tares out so that the wheat gets all the, 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 the growth and the nutrient. It's what you do as a farmer. Um, and the master says, no, let them grow together. Um, and I believe that those are purposefully spaced to help uh, believers understand and know um, that uh, amongst the chosen, there will be those who at times appear chosen and saved, um, but only those who are chosen and saved will persevere. 
Matthew 7 may be one of the scariest verses. Uh, bothered me as a child. It's in your notes. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Um, I have never done uh, those things. <laughs> but I would, I would guess that if, if I had done those things, and if people had seen me do those things, they would say, surely he is a disciple, a follower. Surely he is filled with God's Spirit. Um, so what good is perseverance? I mean, if, if, uh, if, as it appears, we can never be too sure... Um, what good is it? Uh, and, and where is it preached? And where is it pointed to in the Scriptures? And I think this is a really important distinction. I, I have never found the Scriptures to preach once saved, always saved to a person who is uh, living in open rebellion. Never do you find them saying, that's okay, you did this. You said that. You put in five good years. Uh, it's never presented in that manner. It is always presented in the manner of, I'm overwhelmed at my doubts, my sinfulness. Um, I'm overwhelmed. Why, why on earth would God receive me? Um, it, it's always pushed in that direction to uh, the broken and contrite and the repentant sinner to know Christ is sufficient for you in that. And so I think it's important that we are careful in that same manner. We preach the perseverance of the saints. If we call it once saved, always saved. Uh, we, we preach it to the, those who um, are overwhelmed with their sinful state, um, not those who have a cold heart to the teaching of the Word. So the last part in this lesson was really what can give a believer genuine assurance. Um, so I've listed a couple things in here. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you, there, there's rarely a, a season of life that doesn't go by where I'm not on my knees um, thanking God for saving me and keeping me and pouring out doubts, fears, sins, uh, idolatry. There's rarely a season um, where I don't have to look for these assurances personally. Um, the first one, do you have a present trust in Christ for salvation? Do you have a present trust in Christ for salvation? If you were asked the evangelism explosion question, if I were to die tonight and ask why I should be allowed into heaven, would I revert to my own good works or confidently claim my Savior's work on my behalf? Um, I know I, I harp on that, but I can't tell you how many times in new member interviews and in talking with people when I ask them, are you sure that you belong to the Lord? how many times the first response is, I've, I've tried to be a good person. I've tried to live a life that honors Him. Um, if, if, 
if your present trust is Christ and him alone for salvation. Um, Secondly, is there evidence of the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit in my heart? Um, is, is there um, some sense that uh, I, I am convicted of sin? I'm, in a, I'm sitting at a table and gossiping about a person, and I realize uh, this is not right. Uh, I go and I repent to people. Um, so... There's, here's a, three things to not look at. Don't look at miraculous works, right? We've talked about that already in Matthew 7. Um, we don't look at years of service. 1 Corinthians 3, the apostle writes about that. Um, building a foundation on anything other than Christ. Um, we don't look at uh, what others think about us. Um, you know, do you think I'm a Christian? <laughs> um, do you think I've been saved? Do you think the Holy Spirit lives in me? Um, Luke six twenty six says, Woe to you when people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Um, so we do look to the inward testimony of the Holy Spirit. Am I being led in obedience, in humility, in worship? Do I have convictions of sins and need? Am I reminded by the Spirit of the sufficiency of Christ? Do I have what the, what the Scriptures call the Spirit of Sonship in my heart? Do I believe that I belong to Christ and He will not let me go? Um, you do look to the growth and change of character. And, and it's why Christian community is important. Because a lot of times we don't see it in ourselves. You know, I, I have... Um, I have loved these years here seeing growth in people. It's one of the most amazing things and most wonderful things for me as a pastor to see maturity in people, to see people dealing with things in a way differently than they would have five years ago uh, because the Spirit has softened their heart, because there has been growth in humility. Um, Think about this, Galatians 5 um, lists these kind of two uh, fruits. Galatians 5.19 The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Alright? If, if, is your life marked by this type of fruit? But he says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then on, on this side he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Um, and so we do look to the fruit. We're not saved by our fruit, um, but an apple tree will produce apples. A good vine produces good fruit. Uh, we do look also, I think it's okay to look at the effect upon other people. Um, Matthew 7, you know them by their fruits, but what has your effect been on your community? Um, 
Again, we don't rest on that, but, but we should see it. We should see an effect upon the people in our lives. Um, we do look to the fact that we will believe and accept the teachings of Scripture, the doctrines of the church. We do look to obedience to God. I mean, James is full of that, right? If, if you have faith, then, then the works will prove that faith. Um, and, and maybe lastly, do, do you see a long-term pattern of growth in the Christian life? And as I drew that red, uh, that red line of what we would call sanctification, um, it, you see I purposely put a dip there in the Christian life. Um, I, I'd say it's important to look at the big picture. But it's also important to look at the fruit in your life and in those seasons to take stock. Am I growing in the fruit of the Spirit or am I growing in the fruit of the flesh? Um, to take inventory and stock of your life. To have people who love you take inventory and stock of your life. In community to ask, do you see Christ-like character? And to repent. Um, just a couple of concluding thoughts and we can chat about it if you like um, just a reminder we're not justified by our sanctification we're not, we don't look at we don't look at our, our good works and say that's why I am saved it's really important that we distinguish those things because it can cause us to be untrue to ourselves and to others we don't look at our good works and say I'm saved because of those we, we look at our, our good works and they're tainted all of them uh, as a result of being saved. Um, and I think it's important that you ask yourself, what evidence do you see? Um, if you have doubts, what is bringing them up to you? If you have doubts about your salvation, what is bringing them up to you? Um, and this is why, like at number three, it's important to look at the fruit before moving them on toward leadership in the church. There is warning, do not be hasty in the laying on of hands. We are to look at the character of people before they, before they are ordained to office or set apart for office. Um, that's one of the hardest things to do, I think. I often feel when we take a candidate through that, uh, that I'm being self-righteous. You know, do you do this? Do you do this? Do you do this? Do you do this? But it is, it is right and it is important that we would expect to see growth in sanctification. And lastly, I thought, you look at the church membership vows, those last three, right? This all, this all is around our Christian growth and our sanctification. Number three, you resolve and promise upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will endeavor to live as becomes the followers of Christ. When we go through this in our class, we talk about this is a commitment we're making to the body, that, that we're all on this path together. And, and we are expecting that to be our path. And we are inviting other believers at times uh, to speak critically into our lives. Fourth, do you promise to support the church in its worship and work to the best of your ability? And do you submit yourselves to government and discipline of the church and promise to study its purity and peace? Uh, I think it's good for us to look at our relationship to the church. Uh, questions or comments? on perseverance. This is almost a knife edge. Um, um, 
I finished reading a book last night. It, it had to do with, do I have the right to feel that I am saved? Hmm. And it was the author's opinion that if you're fulfilling the scripture, then yeah, you, you have that reasonable expectation. But that's about as good as it gets, is a reasonable expectation to know that if I continue living what I read in the scriptures, then I have the reasonable expectation for salvation. Uh, can we go so far to say as, that it's guaranteed? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know it doesn't sound very Presbyterian, got, does it? How many bowls are <laughs> in the air, you know? <laughs> right, I mean, um, early on in my youth discipleship, it was that First John 5, right? He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Um, and I, I would say maybe the other sign that we didn't talk about, but concern over your eternal security is probably also a good sign. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I have concern, um, you know, and I mean, just speaking personally, there have been times in my life where I have willfully said, I, I want to live in denial of you, oh God. I, 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 I want you to keep your hands off my life and my direction. Um, it's like, uh, like sitting around the campfire, deer camp, you know, you, people ask this, you know, well, what did you have to do to become a deacon? I said, well, you go through this kind of stuff, you know. And uh, so you listen to all the good stuff that you've done. Well, not quite like that. But uh, somebody along the road will say, wow, you must be going to heaven. I honestly have that hope. I endeavor in that direction, <laughs> but I cannot say, yeah, here's my guarantee. Here, let me dig down my wallet. You know. Yeah, I don't believe this is intended to make us on a daily basis scared. I think it is on a daily basis to give us security that, well that he, has, he has saved me. He has washed me. And um, he will hold me. Um, you know, like that song we sing, he will hold me fast. You know, I... Uh, you're wretched to my own result. You're, yep. Oh, oh, when gloomy doubts prevail, I fear to call thee mine. Mm-hmm. Spring of comfort seem to fail. All my hopes are flying. Yet gracious God, where shall I flee? Thou art my only trust, and still my soul will keep to thee that brought me in the dust. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, one one uh, youth. It was just—I mean, it was just the, the blatant honesty of this this youth. Um, I was explaining something, and that person said, "Well, so is—is is that a sin?" I'm like, "Yeah," and that person said, "Well, I do it all the time, and I don't care." <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, um, well then." Uh, you you should care, and when the Spirit of God enters you, and then later on, years later, I remember that person coming to the table, and and ha- being able to have that conversation with that person, saying, "Do you remember?" Oh yeah, I remember. You know, and and just like I yeah, my heart was not regenerated, and I 
I sinned and I didn't care about it and I didn't I had no sense that it that it was wrong um, and not that that person wouldn't do the same thing again but but internally there was that sense that um, I I'm not at rest and at peace when I wander but it's difficult it's difficult um, I <laughs> Scotty put me on this path, you know, so, and then he dropped the ball of perseverance, so, <laughs> the jerk, but, um, I mean, it, we call it perseverance of the saints, which is, which is good, but it is God who preserves, you know, he preserves his people. Um, I've often thought of it as, as someone who walks their dog on a leash that has the, uh, you know, that extending thing that goes like this, back and forth, you know, the, the owner is going on a path, and he's taking us, and that for us that, that that is that is glorification. Like he is, and yet our path might be over here sniffing at this for a while, and then there's a, that yank back, and then it's over here, and then it's over. But but our God has His path drawn out for His people, and um, yeah, I, I like my Nazarene friend. I think I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. That would was was serious that if he committed a sin that he forgot to confess while driving home, he, he, he was not saved until that was done. And that was a lot of Roman Catholic theology, too, in that sense of, you know, purgatory is for those sins that yet haven't been atoned for by meritorious works or sacraments. Um, you know. Next week, glorification, the good stuff. Indeed. Let me pray for us. Father... Again, I ask that, oh, Lord, if anything I said was not true, I pray that those words would be forgotten and that your children would find the security that you want us to have, that we would stand on your promises, that though everyone call us a a liar and unfit and unworthy, that the voice from heaven, the justification that Christ has secured for eternity would assure us, would guide us, uh, that we belong to you, that you hold us by your side, that you will not let us go. Even though we be like a child at times wrestling your grip off of our necks, that you, Father, will hold us to your side. And that you'll be glorified in all of this, in the obedient times and in the wandering times. Pray that you would, Father, Uh, burn deep into our consciences, our psyche, our minds, the worth of your gospel, the worth of your son, the power of our adoption. Amen. You're welcome.